1: Hello, my name is Stuart Mars, and welcome to the Apocalypt Podcast. Apple held its virtual peak performance spring event this week, where it revealed—well, it revealed a lot. Uh, there was a deal to show live baseball on Fridays in the US. A new iPhone SE, a new iPad Air. There was a green iPhone 13, a green iPhone 13 Pro uh, model as well. Then there was the most powerful silicon yet, the M1 Ultra. There was also a brand new Mac, a Mac Studio. A display, some cancellations, you get the picture. But what should we make of these new products and is it time to get excited or is it just one of those Apple upgrade cycles that are nice but doesn't really change much? Well, joining me to discuss all things Apple this week are HockerLint's Britta O'Boyle and Cam Bunton and over the next 25 minutes or so we'll be discussing the new devices announced and what it means for you. So with no further ado, let's get started. Brit. Uh, the iPhone SE, that's, that's probably a, a good one to start with, isn't it? Let's let's start there. What's What have we got?
0: So it's pretty much exactly the same as the um, previous model in terms of its design. Um, there's not, not really any changes there except for a tougher glass on the front. But you do get upgraded internals and you do get 5G this time around.
1: Mm.
0: So it's then the cheapest model uh, or cheapest entry point into iPhone with 5G. Um, so I guess that that is probably the selling point with this model. Um, probably going to be based at those that are maybe upgrading from a 6 or a 7 or an 8, perhaps, because obviously you get the 815 chip, sorry, which is the same as the iPhone 13. So in terms of power, it's got quite a lot there. Um, but in terms of design, it's identical to previous models.
1: Now, when you say previous models, this is the 11, 8, 765 it's no it's it's kind of it's, it's an 8 basically isn't
0: it? the iPhone 8 pretty much yeah <laughs> um so you get that touch id at the bottom as opposed to um face id at the top which therefore means that the screen size is actually smaller than what the iPhone 13 mini is despite being a larger footprint in terms of its actual device size. Now, this is
1: clearly a budget play. It's yeah. it's gone up in price slightly, hasn't it? It's now four hundred and something rather than in three the UK, I think. Yeah. Yeah, rather than three nine nine. So, who do we think there's still a place in the market for this?
0: See, that's a that's a tricky one, I think, because whilst I do think that there's a place to assess and degree, I am struggling to see why you would choose to buy this over the iPhone 13 mini, if you wanted a small device that had a lot of power, especially since the iPhone 13 mini brings with it a few more extra features, not not just in terms of camera, but in terms of its sort of like design and the way that it is actually fresh fresher and it's new, whereas this is an old design. So I am struggling to see why you would do that.
1: And kind of it's surprising that they haven't kind of really gone for it in terms of price.
0: Yeah. I I thought it would go under the 400 like it had been I find it weird that there's a price hike and I'm sure that there's reasons for it but there's no magsafe there's no apart from the process of being the same as the iPhone 13 there's no night mode on the camera for example so it is a little bit of a strange one this one because mm. it it's hard to see why you would opt for I mean unless you genuinely unless your budget absolutely cannot go past that figure I'm struggling to see why you would not just opt for the iPhone 13 mini or even try and find the 12 mini at a cheaper price, perhaps.
1: Now I know that rumors are always rumors and there's sometimes you get overexcited and and sometimes that's even more so with the case with Apple, but there was discussions that earlier on that perhaps they were going to treat the iPhone SE as, as the kind of watch series three, drop the price considerably, really try and penetrate into the market. Um, But that hasn't happened either, has it?
0: No. And that's, that's a bit strange because that that really did make sense to me that they would do that because the watch 3 has been around for ages and i'd imagine that a lot of people probably buy it for that exact reason that it's a decent price and you still get a lot of the same features especially when ios runs on it or watch os runs on that but i'm talking about iphone here it would have run on the it would have given you the same experience um so it's it's weird that they didn't do it but then i guess like you say it's wishful thinking sometimes isn't it and unfortunately it didn't happen this time around
1: yeah exactly maybe next time um now to keep an iPhone very briefly cam i know you're a big fan of uh when phone companies come up with new colors uh Mm. this year apple has given the kind of mid-season boost uh and it's green do we do we like the green
2: of course i mean it's different isn't it i think green's become one of those trendy colors over the last couple of years and i think Apple itself probably kicked it off. Um, was it the iPhone 11 Pro? Midnight that, green. Yeah, yeah, it came out in midnight green. And ever since then, it feels like that should be a colour every phone maker should make because it is it is really nice looking. It
0: was. It was a lovely colour,
2: that one.
1: Now, talking of new colours, we also get, and I know this isn't the main focus, but we also get a new colour iPad Air. They've introduced blue. But that's not the only thing they've introduced, is it, Brett?
0: No, they've... The the, iPhone, the iPad Air, sorry, um, that has got some good upgrades, That that does put it in line with the iP- iPad Pro models. Not not quite, but certainly more so than it had done in the past. Um, so actually, now the iPad Air, is it was already appealing, but I, I see that as the iPad to buy now, really, based on the specs and what they are offering with this one.
1: Yeah, and so that's, I mean, the big, the big announcement here seems to be, I mean, 5G option everybody you know apple now that's all they offer isn't it everything now is 5g i think but it's it's very much a case of it now gets the m1 processor from the ipad pro
0: yeah so the m1 processor the design stays the same again so um but to be honest if it If it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Sure. (laughs) Um, So, and because the iPad Air design was lovely, they they did a really good job, I think, with that one um, in 2020. Mm. So I can see why they've stuck with it this time around. Um, And I quite like that it doesn't have a notch um, sort of breaking up the display. I like that Touch ID is in the power button still. Um, And the new colors, some of them, the purple looks amazing um, in the pictures. Obviously, we've not seen them yet, but in the pictures, it looks great. Um and you sort of get that, that power upgrade as well, which is, I mean, what what's not to love, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> and um I think the thing that here I thought was interesting, I I don't know whether you have, want to chime in as well, Cam on this, yeah. is that this you know, the M one Pro, which I use pretty much every other day, and certainly when I'm traveling, you know, is a very powerful, very competent machine. And now Effectively, all that functionality is now in a, in a much smaller device that's even more portable.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm the same as you. I've got the M1-powered iPad Pro, but the smaller 11-inch one, which is essentially what the new iPad Air is now, except slightly cheaper. Um, but it's one of those machines that I think will be great for a lot of people who want to do creative stuff. Uh, if they want to edit video using Luma Fusion or whatever on their iPad, they can do that really easily. With an iPad that doesn't cost a fortune, I think it's great.
1: Yeah, it's it strike me again. It's an interesting play, isn't it? Certainly against the iPhone SE, is that sort of sense of is it, you know where that's playing. Of this is a device if you can't afford the 13 range, which is you know about 200 pounds more expensive. But if you can't afford that, that's you know it's it's a decent set. This is kind of if you if you're not pro enough to really justify the pro, then we'll give you some of the functionality here. and and pitch it that and it it kind of seeing the event last night watching the virtual event and some of the demos they were kind of showing off and and use cases and it's like oh look you know it's for the social media people it's for people that like to create tiktoks and it it felt that it was very much aimed at more people you know the people that don't just necessarily want an ipad for watching netflix and surfing the web on the sofa but also didn't need the sort of the bigger screen that you know all of the main fun, you know that, that all that power of stuff of the pro but somewhere sort of sitting in the middle
2: yeah and it, i mean we'll probably get to that point when we talk about the mac stuff later as well but it seemed like a lot of the stuff they announced at the event was exactly that this is your top of the line stuff but it's cheaper
1: and do you think Britt? do you think isn't that just because they've they kind of in the expanse to push harder of the pro lines that they've they've kind of forgotten about that middle market. And so you suddenly found there was like, it was you know, either very entry level, certainly with the iPad, it was kind of entry level or top end and then the middle got forgotten. Or do you think it's just that this is something t- that trickled down technology and, and now's the time to get it?
0: Well, I think, I think that actually it's probably more the latter where it's trickled down because it wouldn't surprise me if they then updated the iPad Pro models with a new chip later on, either this year, perhaps in October. Um where you will then, where the iPad Pro line then goes back up, if that makes sense. So then you've sort of got, you've you've got the Pro models again, then you've got the Air and then you've got the the entry level. But mm. if they do it like that, then at least you've got a couple of months whereby the, the Air is a really obvious choice to buy. And then actually you sort of hit that market, but you also then get the excitement when the Pro then gets upgrade, updated again.
1: Um, yeah, and presumably that will get to a, either an M2 when that eventually comes out yeah. um, or a, or a, an M1 Max or, or or Ultra eventually as well, <laughs> which mean, then kind of, pardon?
0: There are some differences like the camera, there's an extra camera on the pros and there are a few like more RAM and things like that. So there, there's definitely still like points that aren't exactly the same between the two models. But I think that those points will probably cater towards quite a niche set of people as opposed to the sort of general people that are just looking for does it do this does it do that can I get this great I'm going to buy that then
1: yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, don't, I know you're our resident video man, Cam. I, mm. I don't know how many YouTubers need a LiDAR detector <laughs> on, <laughs> on, on, their, on their iPad. Um,
2: I mean, to be honest, they're probably not shooting video with their iPad. They'll have a camera dedicated to it, but yeah. it's, it's the processing power. It's all about the editing and the speed of rendering and exporting that I think will appeal to a lot of people.
1: Now, the iPhone SE and the iPad Air weren't the big announcements in reality. I think they were probably, you know, they were the ones that were expected. And we were always expecting something from the Mac team. Uh, we got that. We got that in spades, didn't we, Cam? What? Tell us more.
2: Absolutely. So the, the big new hardware announcement, obviously, is the Mac Studio, which is your desktop PC. It's sort of I would say almost it's a Mac Pro replacement for now. Uh, It's got a lot of power, but it's obviously much smaller than a Mac Pro. But again, the big announcement of that actual machine is they announced this new version of the M1 chip, which is the M1 Ultra. And essentially that is, I believe, two M1 Max chips stuck together
1: yeah i mean it's it, it seems a bit too simple, doesn't it? It's like yeah. we we got a chip and then we decided we want to double the capabilities of that chip, so we just stuck another chip on it,
2: yeah, but it's not from the announcement, it sounded like the way they had designed the m one max right from the beginning was the, that so that they could do this with it, um and they described instances where if you if they wanted to do this sort of thing before, it would require redeveloping of software and programming. Um, but the way they've engineered this is that software still sees it as a single chip rather than two chips stuck together. So it sounds like they've done some pretty clever work behind the scenes that we will probably never fully understand.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I think that's you know the important thing here, and, and the thing I think they seem to want to stress from the presentation was that because it's treated as a single chip, it means that if a developer has has coded their um, their app to just take advantage of whatever the chip can offer, then those apps automatically just get access to all of the power uh, and, and unified memory and, and everything else from from the processor and from the machine rather than having to recompute to say, oh, well, if it's if it's up to this, use this limit. And then once you get to this limit, then go off and use this processor and, and having to double down on code again. So, it I mean, it does seem, it's very geeky. It's very nerdy. Yes. We, we do like that sometimes, but we understand, you know, that a lot of people just just want it to work um certainly but that so this is then so this chip then goes into the
2: The studio, studio the mac
1: studio which is a completely new mac that we haven't seen before and is kind of a new product line and as you say sits uh sits above the mac mini yes but below the mac pro is that right
2: Sort of. I think it depends what you're doing with it. It's a case of if you've got those optimized apps like Final Cut Pro or DaVinci Resolve or Premiere Pro, and they're optimized for the M1, you'll actually find that it performs faster and it'll be quicker and more powerful than the Mac Pro, which I believe is still... Intel Still Intel
1: yeah Intel and AMD, isn't
2: it Which yeah exactly so I think from that side of things it could turn out to be faster and smoother and more responsive than even the Mac Pro but crucially also quite a lot cheaper than the Mac Pro and smaller so pretty much anyone can fit it on their desk you won't have to find room for it mm-hmm. so all in all it looks like an incredibly interesting machine
1: now, I thought the really interesting thing here, and and Britt, feel free to uh, to spring in if you want to on this one. I know Mac isn't one hundred percent your your strong point.
0: I mean, I want one, but
1: <laughs> <laughs> is is we went through a couple of years ago this wonderful time where Apple was very keen to tell us that we didn't need any ports. Any ports whatsoever. And it was the kind of Johnny Ive feeling, wasn't it? Where it's like, even the MacBooks were like, yeah, you don't want it. You don't want to connect anything. It's just, we'll give you like one port on the side and that's it. This now has, I think, six Thunderbolt displays, uh, Thunderbolt uh, connections, doesn't it? USB-C. It's got Ethernet. It's got USB. It's got HDMI. It's got a headphones jack. It's even got, a, a, a personal favorite of mine, it's even got an SD card on the front of the machine. Yes, um, they've really gone to town with this in attempting to try and lure and woo back those uh, those developers that it might have lost or those users. They might have lost, you know, during that like, well, ports are rubbish. It's everything's going Wi-Fi.
2: Well, it's interesting, isn't it? It's like when I think of my own workflow editing video most days of the week. At some point or another, you just want it to be as easy and quick as possible. So when you're plugging in your camera or you're putting in your SD card. You want it to be fast and reliable and to transfer your footage across to your machine as quickly as you possibly can. And wireless would never give you that reliability or stability. So people like me and editors and creators, we need ports. It's not just a case of wanting them. It's mm. they're, they're just so much better than than the alternative.
1: And when it comes to displays... How excited were you as someone that's presumably got loads of different things running all over your screen at the same time if you're editing video that you can now plug in four 5K displays plus a 4K TV at the same time?
2: Yeah, the thing that really got me, (laughs) it's crazy. I mean, because I've got the Mac Mini, which is quite limited um, because it only has the basic M1 chip in it, the first one that came out. And you can have two displays maximum, uh, or one if you if you have 5k resolution you can only have one display so if you're a video editor who wants who you, who needs multiple displays again this this will do that for you and the thing that really got me was when they were talking about how many streams of video it can handle while you're editing and they said something like 18 times 8k streams running at the same time in your final cut pro or whatever. But also that they're all ProRes, which, as we know from the iPhones and anything that shoots in ProRes, takes up a massive amount of memory, which probably explains why they have a 128 gigabyte RAM option.
1: I mean, that's just, yeah, I mean, that is crazy. And, and, and before we move on to the other things, just let's finish off with, with the prices. I'm actually surprised, and I know this is, this is going to, I'm going to get some, some flack for this. I'm actually surprised it's not more. I mean, it's still pricey, yeah. but it's it's kind of the entry level is, I think, £2,000. And that's obviously without a monitor. But that kind of fits in with the kind of top-end MacBook Pro kind of prices. And so I'm surprised that, you know, it, it, it sits there and then it goes, I mean, it does go up to £8,000 if you tick all the boxes, <laughs> doesn't it? It does. And then you still it, and then you've still got to buy some, you've still got to buy those four displays and there as we'll get on to, they're 1500 pounds each or 1800 if you want the the nicer stand so yeah. all of a sudden you're you know you're, you're quickly spending a small car
2: but, but then again I think it's I'm with you on this I think I mean you do look at the price and think oh that's expensive but then when you stick it alongside the Mac pro which is currently the top of the range Mac, alongside the Pro Display XDR, which is their top monitor, you buy those two together, even their base configurations, you're looking at about £10,000.
1: And that's before you Uh, bought the £1,000
2: wheels. That's before you purchased the £1,000 wheels (laughs) and and the £1,000 stand.
1: stand And all the other Uh, stuff that goes with it.
2: (laughs) Exactly. So this, I mean, it may not look it on paper when you look at it on its own, but I think given what it offers and the power and the speed and everything that you have with this, I don't think it's too expensive at all.
1: And do you think that's and therefore, before we move on to the display, do you, do you think that this is an offering that 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 mid level, as I see it, it's not the Hollywood blockbuster, you know, con, con, content creators, but it is the the kind of you know the photo uh, editors, the app developers, the kind of music creators and stuff. Do you do you think this is going to appeal to them?
2: I think it will, yes, and I think it's it's sort of that area of the market we've seen various manufacturers of cameras and all sorts of other bits are trying to appeal to now people who want that high-quality video capability but without the budget to spend on the ultimate top models.
1: Cool, and then so let's so you buy the studio, uh, the Mac Studio, you obviously need now a monitor to go with it, and oh, what a surprise, Apple now have a monitor to sell you.
2: And it's only fifteen hundred pounds, four and a half thousand pounds. And as
1: I saw online today, it doesn't even come with the polishing cloth. So you know, I that think they've obviously outrage. <laughs> I mean, and so this is—they're is... they're
2: not the only ones to, to offer high-end monitors for that sort of price as well. That's also worth remembering. It's not—it's not ridiculous, I don't think.
1: And so this is a twenty-seven-inch model isn't it, with...
2: Yes, 5K
1: with, resolution. 5K resolution. And then, interestingly, uh, it's got an A13 in it.
2: Yes, which I believe is for managing the camera and the audio. Yes, yeah, so from make what so I can way. gather,
1: what I can gather um for, through reading through the lines and stuff, is that the A13 allows it to offer things like center stage, um and other you know true tone and other things like that for macs that don't have uh, an m1 chip in it so a lot of the new technologies that we're starting to see the the new macs offer like center stage and like uh true tone and touch id support and things like that aren't um aren't the intel models and so they need an m1 they need apple silicon in it and so to save to maximize compatibility they've added uh, basically they put an iphone 11 into the monitor because <laughs> i thought that's, that's what the a13 was from why not because why not to so then be able to handle all those those elements
2: yes and again it's got six speakers in it which most monitors don't have um, it'll be interesting to see what that actually sounds like with spatial audio and everything switched on because so many monitors treat sound as a sort of afterthought they don't really care it's got mm. a speaker in it sounds really tinny and rubbish most of the time so it'll be interesting to see if it's any good
1: yeah i mean as i kind of alluded to in the in the newsletter um in the popular newsletter that i write uh, earlier in the week it, it to me it almost feels like the perfect for a mac user it feels like the perfect zoom device you know zoom conferencing or, or teams or whatever because you've got you know a much better camera in there a decent mic decent speakers and you know it'll plug into your your old mac mini or your even your macbook pro or, or, or mac you know macbook air um to then utilize and and, and and even if you haven't upgraded to the m1 system you then start getting some of the other benefits of, of center stage and uh, and touch id and, and things like that with an optional keyboard so it's a really interesting Approach from that side of of things, Britt. Do you think um, are you are you tempted as a Mac user to to go but get a studio design, studio uh, display?
0: Yes, I'm tempted, but I am. I'm an iMac girl. I like the iMac, so I'm, I'm a little bit sad that it. I, I just want it to be together. I I like, don't really like the idea of it being split. Um, so I'm a bit disappointed that there's no 27 inch iMac. i I'm and
1: I was going to say you were a 27 inch you've yeah. used 27 inch in the past haven't you now that you know a lot of people are holding out for a 27 inch obviously the 24 got redesigned and upgraded to uh to the new design are you upset are you sad
0: yeah i am sad i think it probably means that i'm gonna go and buy the 24 inch. orange yeah. <laughs>
2: You just have to move it closer to your face when you're <laughs> just working. Just a, a couple of inches closer. <laughs>
0: um, but no, like I mean, it, I think it does make sense. Um, on the whole, it makes sense, and a lot of a lot of people will probably absolutely love it. Just for me, I just like the design to be all together. I don't like bits and bobs.
1: You see, I find it's I find that interesting because I've always gone for I, I've I have I've used a MacBook for a long time, whether it's a MacBook or a MacBook Pro. It, over the years, you know, I upgrade every two or three years on the Mac on that side and depending on what's the best tool for the for the time so you know I've used MacBook Pros I've used Airs the you know even the the smaller MacBook for a while Um, and I've always plugged it into a very very old um, Apple Thunderbolt display from about 2011 that's kind of how how old it is and in that time that Monitor has has done a great job. It's it's getting the monitor itself now is still fine. The the camera, the seven hundred and twenty p camera in it is getting a bit getting a bit lackluster compared to other devices I am using, but it's allowed me to just use that monitor on on my desk for a long time. But yet still upgrading all the hardware each and every time without having to go and buy an iMac every you know every couple of years to instead. And so the idea of the display kind of appeals to me because you know I think well I'll buy that if the last one lasted me ten years then if I bought one of these, it would last me 10 years. That suddenly is only, again, uh, you've got to look at it in a crazy way. That's that's 150 quid a year. That's, you know, like three pound a week or something. That's that's pretty affordable, right? So, you know, where if I was looking at buying an iMac 27 or an iMac 24, you know, I in two, three years time, I'm going to have to upgrade the whole thing. That's like a couple of grand. It just hasn't lasted that long.
0: That's true. Yeah, that's true.
1: Crazy. I mean, I have, I've had,
0: (laughs) I've had my my 27 inch iMac for, I'd say, nine years now, and it is old. It's a bit slow, but it still does the job. Um,
1: I think it's one of those things, isn't it? This is we're going massively off tact here, but it's it's only as slow as the last machine you've used. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, it's perfectly fine and speedy, and then someone goes, "Try this," and you're like, "Oh my god, (laughs) this thing is so slow now! How dare you?"
0: That's
1: true. Yeah, that is true. So there we go. So we have, uh, so do we, Cam, a thumbs up for the, sounds like very much a thumbs up so far from the announcements on, on the Mac. Um, and and apart from Britt, who's upset about the 27-inch, we're not, are we? So that's fine. No,
2: I'm pretty happy with the announcements, to be honest. I use I use a Mac Mini and a monitor, and I'm, I'm with you. I'd, I prefer to upgrade the actual computer side without having to upgrade the monitor as well. So it, it works for me.
1: There we go, right, and then the final one is this is very unusual for Apple. they kind of ended the the presentation on a on a hint that don't panic. we haven't forgotten your Mac pro
2: which makes you wonder what they're thinking is it they I mean this is the end of the line for the m1 series of chip isn't it the m1 ultra so yep. possibly we're going to see the m two uh, in the near future maybe and a big mac pro that's even more powerful than this that can i presume power 20 monitors all at once or something
1: <laughs> yeah i mean i think that's the thing isn't it to me it was look mac pro is though they didn't say this that my my impression is mac pro is coming dub dub dc their big developer conference is an opportunity for than to really focus those conferences are consumer but they're very focused on developers and and here's suddenly a you know a big machine that we're going to tease you with and and please you with on on the time i think it also to me felt that they had to say something because i don't think they wanted developers and 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 creatives to suddenly go oh is this it because that sounds you know the Mac studio is pretty powerful are they are they are they ditching the pro line? Does that mean like for the big machines, I've got to go somewhere else? And I think I think there was a concern of that. So to me, it felt like they were saying, look, this is plenty powerful for most of you, but the really big users, don't worry, it's still coming and we've still got plenty to go.
2: Exactly. And I think that there's also the appeal of the pro series is that it's a, it's, it's a lot more modular, whereas the Mac Studio feels like the Mac mini. It's like all enclosed in this neat and tidy little box and you just leave it alone and let it do its job. Whereas the Mac Pro has often been about you get to change parts out, upgrade the internals, um, swap swap pieces out when there's new upgrades available. Um, and so I think that's probably the bit that's missing if from the Mac Studio.
1: Cool. Well, that's it. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time, pip pip.